a Manitoba Villians. This is Manitobaville. This is Mahangel. This is a big day. We're going out to Symmetry Farm. We're going to look at some horses. And we're going to talk to Kathy Asiero, who is running a program out there, horse therapy program for all kinds of things. And Kathy can explain that so much better than I can because um, I'm just going to right now just try and get my energy right because, you know, it's a, it's a really neat thing to interact with animals. And they are, in this case, horses. And horses are a lot of fun and they can be frustrating when they don't do what you ask them to do. But there's reasons for that. And um, anyway, they're really fun. They're really good. Horses are amazing therapy animals. And uh, Kathy's got a bunch. And she's got a bunch of people to come out and work with them. So we're going to learn all about what goes on out of Symmetry Farm. It's going to be a great show. A great show. So we just have to find the right energy level to do the show. And um, I don't know. This one sounds okay to me. I think I'm all right. I think I'm in sync with what's going to happen here. So uh, anyway, um, oh, remember, Manitobaville. Have you told anyone? I keep asking you to tell people. So get out there and ask. tell people uh, Manitobaville, 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 Manitobaville. Anyway, just do that whole bunch and we'll be, uh, we'll be in the same wavelength. We'll be on the same energy level when everybody's listening to what's going on here at the uh, Manitobaville podcast. And you can visit manitobaville.ca. You can contact us through DMs. You can email us. You can uh, get in touch with us in all kinds of manners and uh, socially responsible ways, uh, <laughs> you know, allowed to us by the Facebooks and Twitters and uh, websites of the world. They allow us to talk to each other. So we might as well, right? You know, if the channels are there, channels of communication are open, why not? Why not just communicate? Well, yeah, lots of reasons. I get it. You're busy. You got other things going on. You're listening to what's his name. You don't want to listen to this one. But you know what? There's going to be something here to interest you. I'm convinced of it. And maybe it's horses. And maybe it's therapy. And maybe it's health of your mental facilities. And uh, faculties? Facilities? Mental facilities? Faculties? Mental health? Things? Anyway... There's lots of words here. It's a word salad. And that's just the beginning of the show. Wait until Kathy starts talking. She will sort all this out and put it in a linear thought pattern and show us around the farm. And it's a total bunch of fun. So, uh, boy, it's a good one. It's a good one. Okay, I'm going to get off here now, get into the interview, and uh, you can dig it because it's a really, you know, like John Lennon would say, dig a pony. Hey, oh. There's mental facilities, things jumping together. Didn't think of that before just now. Dig a pony. Hi, 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 dig a pony. Isn't that one? That's the one. It's on the get back thing. They do it on the roof. What a fun song. A lot of people don't like it. They don't understand it. They don't know what he means. What he means. Doesn't know what he minced by it. They don't know what words he minced to get that song going. But obviously John Lennon had been to a horse therapy farm. So there, Beatleologists, put that in your book because I don't think it's in there now. But you know, could have happened. Could have happened one day back in the late 60s. 
John Lennon and Yoko going out and uh, leading a horse around, finding a whole different energy level. And that's what made the Beatles the Beatles. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. And if, yeah, well, we can back that up. Okay, so Manitobaville's the word. Horse therapy is a thing. Symmetry Farm is a place. Uh, uh, Manitobaville is a noun. <laughs> I think there must be an adjective in here. What is a verb? Uh, no, what is not a verb? What is a, I don't know, what, what, what? I don't know. But a good verb is go. Go to Symmetry Farm. There you go. And you'll find it's very beautiful adjective. All right. So we're going to run through <laughs> everything I learned in grade three about the English language uh, after the show. Okay. So join me on the other side when we will uh, see what we learned here today. Okay. So we're just going to jump over this ad spot and be right into the interview with Kathy Asiero at Symmetry Farm. Just like this. That's okay. We got horses. It's yeah. gonna make it good. Horses. Napping horses. <laughs> do they nap a lot? <laughs> they do. There are times that we'll come outside and it almost looks like it was a lightning strike or something and they're all laying down and we pause for a little bit and we're just you look for the breathing. Because when they are really, really relaxed and comfortable, they are out like a light. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? But usually one will stay standing because they are keeping watch out. They're still herd animals. Mm-hmm. And horses are a nervous animal. They they sense things. They can see like two miles away, and they can. They're very aware of their surroundings. Absolutely, like our bubble, our personal space bubble is maybe I don't know, ten to thirty feet. Theirs is about a mile. Yeah. So we'll be out on a walk with them, and all of a sudden they'll stop, and ears will perk up, and they look, and I'll just take a look, and sure enough, there'll be a car or something moving on the next mile road. Mm -hmm. They're very very aware. They're also really aware of what's really close to them. I had a friend who had a retired um, thoroughbred off the track. And she would go to brush him, and he hated being brushed, where a lot of horses quite enjoy it. But he just had really, really sensitive skin. And so um, she was going up to him one day with the brush, and she was about two feet away from him, and she just got this sort of message, you know, into her head delivered. Mm -hmm. And it was like, that's where I start. And, you know, so their bubble, their, their energy field kind of actually begins further away from their skin than you'd think. So, you know, you could almost like rub the air two feet away from them and they're going to be feeling that. Really? They're so, so incredibly sensitive. Wow. Horses. Amazing. <laughs> and that's also part of why they're so good at reading what's going on with people. So, you know, I've got clients that will just be leading a horse and I'm not really watching the client, I'm watching the horse to see what they do. And they'll be walking really comfortably beside the client and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden they'll just cut the person off and just stop right in front of them. Or they'll drop back and I'll ask the client, okay, so what was going on there? Oh, well, I got into my head and I was getting, you know, tied back up into the stories about how I'm not good enough or whatever it happens to be. And the horses pick up on that shift in energy and their reaction is instant. And it's not something I can see. So I just watch them and they are the barometers. So why would they move ahead of a person and, and block them? Well, only they know. <laughs> but for me, it almost seems as though they're saying something shifted. You need to just pay attention right now because something has changed and I'm aware of it. You know, So okay. they're just bringing attention to the fact that something has changed. How come some are big and some are tiny little horses? <laughs> well, because <laughs> the same reason why some people are tall and some people aren't. Okay. The smaller ones were originally bred to be like pit ponies, you know, so mm. to work down in mines. Yeah. So they needed them to be small so they would 
breed in you know those smaller genes into them so the really small ones that we have like kiwi and sawyer over there are called miniature horses and okay. chinook so they're up to you know about yay high mm -hmm. and then after that is called ponies and then horses after that so we've got the full range and it's really nice because we work with kids and teens and adults and so when we're working with a young child like an eight or nine year old they're not going to be that tall so proportionately it's really nice for them to have a horse that isn't towering over them especially in the beginning so they can develop the confidence okay yeah we're up in Birtle at the uh they have a heavy horse show kind of thing and it's part of their i guess they have different horse levels two people riding horses 4-h or something mm -hmm. or, or maybe it's a horse association but they had little horses on um, for kids they were pulling carts yeah and there's a man there an old older man who had this wonderful little horse and it looked like totally proportional it could have been a big horse mm -hmm. but it was like it didn't look like a shetland or a, a miniature it was this perfectly proportioned little horse and it was it was just prancing he's pulling him on this little cart and he's yeah. just taking it around and he's zigzagging around off like and then they go into the arena part to uh or the ring to to do their their shows and he's part of that in different groups but outside of it they're all just zipping around and you know working the horses or whatever but as i was amazed at how many different types of small horses there are mm -hmm. you know we have i believe two that would be registered but of our 20-ish horses that we've got 21 maybe um all but two of them are rescues so we're not going to be finding those perfectly proportioned horses here these are often ones that are backyard bred they might not have the you know the best mm -hmm. confirmation and sometimes also what will happen you know people just think oh they're such cute little horses so they spoil them and then they get you know they don't treat them like a horse they treat them maybe like a dog and they're not they're prey animals you know which is quite different from a dog so you're going to interact with them very differently mm -hmm. and they're going to interact with you differently but then you end up with a horse that either loses its trust or its respect for people and then it gets bounced from house to house right. or from home to home and it just becomes more and more unhappy so those are the ones that we actually really quite enjoy bringing into our family because we know that we can rehabilitate them it starts off with putting them into the herd you know because we've got really nicely balanced herds and so they learn how to be a horse again and they learn horse manners and once they've gotten horse manners back then people can start to work with them right because the horses again are so much more subtle you know back to that instinctive and they'll, strength that and they they'll have. teach each they'll train each other like they the older absolutely ones. do yeah they'll bring yeah. the other ones in i remember talking to a fellow who had stud horses and he brought a young one in and it was really rambunctious and so he put it in with this old stud horse he had and he said that old one wouldn't let the one the younger one eat for three two or three days mm -hmm. and he, he had to teach him his uh, position in the in his particular herd well and that's exactly what happened in our big horse herd max is our herd boss and he has been forever just this beautiful minded really well balanced gelding and he just kind of keeps everything really chill and then we got hijira so he's the little paint um, part arabian that's out there and exactly like you're saying he was just this very spunky kind of guy i've got the world by the tail and he was kind of being a little bit of a jerk <laughs> you know and max would just go in and correct him but what's really interesting now is, is you can see how max is actually almost like grooming hajira to be the next herd boss okay so hajira is kind of showing some really nice um control now self-control better balance than when he came 
but he also came to us as a, about a two and a half year old who was part of a herd of horses. Um, there were 40 of them down in a field in southern Manitoba that had kind of been abandoned mm. and they weren't really being, well, they weren't being cared for as they should have. So when he, when we got him, he'd never really been around people before. He wasn't halter trained. There was nothing. Yeah. And, um, You'll also notice in our big horse herd, if you can see, there's a little tiny guy in there. Mm -hmm. um, Finnegan Hieronymus Trotsworth is his name. Thank you to all of the people on Facebook who voted for his name. Say that again. Finnegan Hieronymus Trotsworth. Say it again. Finnegan Hieronymus Trotsworth. One more time. No, you say it. <laughs> Finny. Hey, Finny. There you go. <laughs> so uh, when we got him, he actually had holes right through the bottom of his feet. Like Ooh. they were just so abscessed and yeah. just terrible. Like they hadn't been trimmed in probably four years. Oh, wow. So he was in our barn for about seven months with every two days, he was, you know, feet were soaked in Epsom salts and then treated and wrapped. And then we finally released him into the um, herd over there with uh, with Chinook. And it was kind of neat because two of the mares, Tika and Batik, they're pretty strong-minded mares, but they both liked him. They don't like each other, but they both liked him. Oh, really? So they would be found eating on either side of him like a couple of bookends. But over time, he started getting really confident because those two mares are really confident, and it's not a confidence that he was ready for. Mm -hmm. So the three of them would start chasing all of the other horses away from the hay, and they became like this little group of thugs. You know, like everybody's always like, well, <laughs> oh, horses yeah. are so elegant and wonderful. He and became delightful. a toady for he the mares. absolutely did. Yeah. He was something else. So we just moved him <laughs> into the bigs because our bigs yeah. are the most balanced of our herd. Okay. So he's been really learning how to be a good little friend in there. So oh, he's okay. doing so much better. So what do people come to Symmetry Farm for? Well, they Why come for a lot exist? of things, but you know what really it's, we like to say that we um, partner with rescued and retired horses to support the mental health of the youth, teens and adults in our community. So a lot of our horses, because they're rescues, they've come with their own stories of neglect or abuse and trauma. They're well on their journey of healing, like far along on it already. So they're comfortable with the energy, but they're not bothered by it. So when people now come with anxiety or trauma or people with ADHD, so their energy is either too high or maybe they're really, really shy and their energy is really, really low. Mm -hmm. They're going to find a horse here that matches their energy because we have introvert horses and extrovert horses. Um, you know, we've got ones that are really task oriented and ones that are very, very socially minded. So anybody that comes here finds a friend right in that first hour. So for somebody who hasn't had a lot of confidence, it's amazing how that builds them right away. Because all of a sudden it's like, wow, I can have a relationship with another living being. Yeah. I'm not judged f for the way that I speak or dress or what my school marks were or what I'm doing for a career. The horses don't care about any of that. They just care about who you truly are. And how do you, when you come out here to work on your issues, how do you pick, how do you pick the horse you're going to work with? <laughs> that would be Piper. <laughs> there you got his name. <laughs> there you go. So, um, yeah, generally the people and the horses pick one another. You know, they pick each other. How? There's a variety of ways that we do it. Heck do you mean? I really don't want to say because <laughs> if one of your listeners comes out for yeah. something like this, I don't want to give them a heads up on They'll that. They'll find out. They okay. will find out, yeah. Okay. You know, but I'll just say that it's really, really clear. And, um, and it's always a beautiful thing. <laughs> so one person will come out and yeah. they're on their own. They work on their own out here. So there's not other people around or it can be one on one. And we also do groups. Okay. You know, so we quite enjoy the group work too. A lot of times, depending on what the person is coming for, we can start with one on one so that they grow really comfortable. And after about maybe six to eight visits or so, then we'll start looking to see if a group might be suitable for them because now they're feeling that confidence already. Okay. 
And how so, do you how do you work with a horse? What do you do with it? Or where do you work with it? In the pen? When the people are coming out or when yeah. we first get a rescued horse? No, when people come out. Oh, to, okay. Uh, yeah, if it's nice outside, we love to work out in the paddocks because that way the people that come have access to all of the horses and that way they're going to choose the one that is right for them. Mm-hmm. And that horse will choose them. If it's miserable, can, like it is in the springtime and the paddocks are kind of mucky and wet, then I will look for which horses are volunteering even before the person gets here and I'll take those into the arena. Okay. And I used to figure okay we've got this group of 10 people coming out to do this particular activity so I'm going to choose these horses and of the horses that I would have thought to choose you know a few of them might have made themselves difficult to catch and except for brand new horses that are still working on getting better we can catch all of our horses easily so if they're making themselves difficult to catch that just basically means that it's not their day to work they know that it's not their job to be in the arena today okay but I'll always have a couple of horses that are um, volunteering that I hadn't thought about is that this horse is called? I know uh, I have a cat that does that because they have an infection when they're young and they'll, their whole life at certain mm-hmm. times will be coughing. Yeah. Is that the same kind of thing with rescue horses? They'll come with. with or has he just got some stuck in his throat? It can be a, it'll be a combination with that. Usually when they lay down and they roll a little bit or after they've run, it just activates things in their lungs and they'll still, they'll cough a little bit. Okay. That one has a combination. There was that because she had just gotten up, but she also does have a touch of heaves, which mm. is kind of like asthma. Mm. And so ponies are prone to heaves and um, Cushing's, which is a metabolic condition. So, yeah, we're constantly, we use traditional Chinese medicine to heal when we've got horses that have challenges. Because you'd have to diagnose them when you get a rescue horse too. Like, you always know what's up with a rescue horse. We rarely know, especially if we get them from the auction, because then you know nothing. So we will have seen them for a few minutes and then we get them and then we get them home and we'll figure out what's going on with them Mm. based on their behavior. When we get them at the auction, um, we'll usually keep them separated from the rest of the herd for a while too, because we just don't know if they're bringing anything in. So we'll put them into a, uh, into the stall in the barn for a little while. It gives them a chance to just get used to the smells around the place, gives us a chance to interact with them a little bit, see who they are. And um, and then after a few weeks, when it looks like everything is okay with them, then we'll introduce them into whichever herd we think they'd best get along with. Okay. Hey, can we see the arena? Because you, yeah, you work absolutely. in the arena with the horses. So what kind of... Right. What, what do you need an arena to work with the horses for? What well, goes because on? we live in Manitoba. <laughs> and <laughs> so our climate is rarely ideal. So in the, we like to work year-round. So by having the arena, we can be out there in the wintertime and we're not going to be in three feet of snow. In the springtime, we can be in the arena and not in two feet of mud. Right. So, and then also between rainy days and then when it's really bright and sunny, it's just a nice place to be out of the elements. And we've also got a little bit better control of what's going to happen in there. So if we don't want people, say, to be having access to the entire herd, we can bring three or four horses into the arena and work with those three or four horses. It's a big one, eh? Did you build this? Uh, yes. Well, I had it built um, just the, well as soon as we moved here because we knew we'd need it. So it's 80 feet by 100, and, no, 70 feet by 180. And we'd like to just basically make it one big play area. Wow. The arena. What's so, all this stuff hanging around up here on the ceilings? Well, we like to put the horses through a variety of things. So those are just pulleyed up there so we can just lower them when we want to use them. 
So we're constantly changing things around between the barrels and the pylons and the jumps and the boxes and giving people opportunities to show what their leadership style is with the horse. And then we've got, yeah, so those will just lower down. We've got a climbing wall, just like, well, a bouldering wall oh, along yeah. the side there. So that's always kind of fun. If we get sometimes ch more children than adults, I'd say, that have a lot of energy, mm -hmm. sometimes they just need to burn that energy off. And what more fun way than to boulder across a wall? The last thing we want to be doing is telling a child with a lot of energy to calm down because yeah. they spend so much of their time sitting here, they get to move. So we're right. just going to redirect that energy to something really positive and a few fun minutes on the wall and they're just back to you know a really nice an energy that's more comfortable for them and then it's more comfortable for the horses so then they find greater success in the work with the horses so these things hanging from the ceiling there's there's different things like floaty bars or the, sty <laughs> the styrofoam sort of the things pool noodles and things pool noodles mm -hmm. yeah now what else do you have? You have some ribbon? Or it's yeah, some so just like colorful ribbon wall. We've got a spooky yeah. forest at the back. So we will lower that down and then we've got that sort of car wash curtain. Mm -hmm. So we'll just put them all down um, and people will take the horses through them. And if the horse is trusting the person, they'll just walk right on through. If the horse doesn't think that the person is a leader for them, then they will balk at it. You know, they'll sort of hold back, they'll pull back a little bit. And that just really gives the handler, you know, so the person who's working with them, just a little bit of a sense, okay, well, what am I doing? What do I need to do differently? Okay. And so without us having to say anything, the people just start to experiment. And it's in that experimenting that they start to find out what their own gifts are. And, oh, I'm actually a good leader this way. I don't have mm -hmm. to be an outspoken kind of a person. I can just be a quiet leader and lead. And that's the other thing with the horses too, is people learn that you can either lead from in front or you can lead from behind. And they're both just as valid and the horses respond to both. So it's just different ways of playing with your confidence so that you start to just see what your gifts are. And then as you start feeling that confidence building, you start getting curious about, well, okay, if I could do that, what else can I do? You know. And so we have many people that um, we're just housebound for months or, well, months, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say years, I don't want to quite exaggerate, but really, you know, I've been very anxious about being out in public and they will muster up their courage and get out here and within that first hour, they are smiling and laughing and having just the, like the best time. And then that's when they start to go, okay, well, gee, if I could do this, what else can I do? So really the lessons that are learned in the arena with the horses transfer very nicely to their world outside of symmetry. Now there's that name, Symmetry. Mm -hmm. That has something to do with, uh, you picked that name for a reason, I suppose. I did. You know, like we were primarily horses, but we also do movement and nature connection. So nature has always been an important element. So trees were always kind of a, in my mind, but I didn't want to name it like elm or oak or maple or something really common. And then Jane Seabury has this song called You Can't Cut Down a Symmetry. And I thought, oh, <laughs> I love that. So I figured, you know what, we're going to go with symmetry, you know, it's got a lot of different branches. And then of course I like to just play with it and make everything here as asymmetrical as possible just because. Because <laughs> you can. Because I like to play. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, everything that we like to do here is going to be really playful. Um, and that's what we love to introduce to adults as well, because, you know, again, with adults, their life has just gotten so serious and so full of responsibilities that they don't know how or don't feel they have the time to play and to be themselves and the horses are going to bring out both of those always you know they're going to insist that you be yourself because as soon as they detect the least bit of inauthenticity you know if you're smiling on the outside but you're feeling angsty on the inside or the other way around they're going to be so suspicious of that and you're not going to really find a lot of success with them 
I always wondered how Jesse James could ride any horse because a mixed up person like that, how could a horse respond properly? So it must have just been innate horsemanship from that era mm -hmm. that carried that kind of stuff through. Well, and you know, and people like that too are just so cool that you can uh, you can work with so many different types of horses. Mm -hmm. Like I'll say that I was like with my Max was my very first horse, and he was this cowboy's horse. And this guy, he was a super gentle cowboy. You know, he didn't do the breaking horses. He mm -hmm. you know gentled them. So that was really nice. But now Max gets me in his life, <laughs> and I'm trying to lead him, and he's like, yeah, absolutely not going to happen. So I had to really pick up my skills before he would start to have the respect for me. So with horses, it's all about trust and respect. You know, so he trusted me. He'd stand there all day long, but he had no respect. Now he's got both. And I have a naturally big energy, so it's fairly easy for me to move into sort of like an alpha mare kind of a role. And it has the horses actually feeling comfortable because they want, there's two things they look for. They want a friend, so that's the trust, and they want a leader, and that's their respect. Um, so yeah, now when we got Spartacus, he would have been the most fragile horse we've ever received. So his trust was shattered, and it mm. took years, really, before he was comfortable enough to let us comfortably approach him. And even now, um, strangers, he's a l you have to work for it a little bit. He's always mm -hmm. going to be wary and a bit suspicious. But my big energy didn't work initially with Spartacus, and it was so he taught me so much at the other end of that spectrum. So when I work with him now, I know I'm just going to bring my energy right down. And so there's that whole range, you know? So for people that yeah. are really super quiet, they're gonna find a horse here like Spartacus maybe who matches that quiet energy. And if they're really rumbunctious, they're gonna find a horse that has rumbunctious energy. And either way you find success because now you're partnered with somebody who matches you really well. So it's So you're, gi you're giving people that come out here who maybe operate on one gear, you're showing them they got five or six gears, including a reverse. Exactly. And they can apply that they can learn how to apply that with the horses oh, and I then they that. can learn to apply that with other people so if they're mm -hmm. in a workplace they can gear up or down depending on who they're working with and what they're doing totally and to sort of keep that metaphor alive i do talk to people about the zero to 60 when we're talking about how much energy they're using so mm -hmm. if your natural energy is say five if you use that five energy with a high energy horse the horse is going to just chump you. They're not going to do anything. They're going to just go, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. And they're yeah. going to just keep on, they're going to basically ignore you. Mm -hmm. So then I can ask that person, okay, what does a 10 look like? What would a 20 look like? What would a 30 look like? How much energy from zero to 60, where do you have to go to get this horse to see you? Mm -hmm. You know, And then just sort of by extension, what energy are you showing up in the world with? You know, So if you're showing up in the world with that same five, the world may be ignoring you just like the horse is, you know, but when you move it up to 30, all of a sudden you're seen and you get success. And I haven't had a person yet who hasn't been, when I've asked them, okay, how did that feel to be at that 30 energy? Oh, it felt really good. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what could that look like out of here? You know, so. Let's keep the metaphor going. It's like driving okay. down a highway at hundred K mm -hmm. and you come to a town and they want you to slow down to 50 K. <laughs> And that's because, and you don't think you need to, maybe because you're rolling. Mm -hmm. But everybody in that town is operating at 50k or less. And when you come in at 100k, you're really out of place. It, totally, that's and exactly. And you're going to be a, maybe a danger. Yes. And so you need to to gear down to match their speed while you're amongst them. Mm -hmm. And when you pass through it, you can go back up to 100. That's a perfect metaphor. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, and see, the thing is, like the horses, they're not going to be able to change what their natural energy is. Mm -hmm. So that gives the people that come out, they've got a couple of choices. Either they bring it down or up, they adjust it to match the horse, mm -hmm. or find a horse that matches you. 
or sit back and just watch everybody else. And it can <laughs> be know? frustrating going out in the field to get a, somebody's horse. Oh, go bring my horse in. Yeah. And you walk out, okay, I'm going to go get that horse. Hi, horse, I'm here. I'm going to get you. And the horse is just backing away like from half a mile away and you can't get near it. Mm -hmm. And so you give up and you stand there. And next thing you know, the horse is on your shoulder going, hey, what are you all about? Exactly. And you're like, whoa, how'd that happen? You've entered their world at that point. Yeah. You know, as opposed to bringing your world into them and expecting them to be who you need them to yeah. be, you've become what they need. And they are master, like, social beings. They are so incredibly good at getting along with one another. And even when they don't, that's fine. They have their little set to, and then they go back to grazing. They don't hang on to it. They don't create stories about it. They don't sort of like, oh, that horse didn't like me, and now I'm going to feel bad, or that horse kicked me, so I'm going to get back at them. They don't yeah. do that kind of thing, you know. And there's no Kardashian horses. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Although there's some pretty good butts out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so, True. Well, that's True. all I've heard. I don't follow them. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, I, I read somewhere somebody said I, uh, on this whatever 30th anniversary, they're Kardashians or whatever. Mm -hmm. They said I, I'm I'm pleased to announce that I've never watched a single episode. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, because I haven't either. I don't even. I haven't. I mean, you yeah. hear things, yeah. <laughs> so I, I heard things. And they probably couldn't work with horses very well. Anybody on a reality TV show probably is the wrong energy to, uh, you know, to function. Anybody can come in with the wrong energy to function, but mm -hmm. I will guarantee you, within a f with the first hour, they're going to figure out the right energy. If they are motivated to get along with the horse, they're yeah. going to figure out the right energy. So bring me the Kardashians. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was going to say, I challenge bring. the Kardashians. Come out here at Symmetry Farm and work with the horses. There and we see go. where you're really at. Well, you know, and and you know, and see where you actually really shine. You yeah. know, in an authentic way, as opposed to, we all put on these masks, right? And we yeah. all have this, you know, persona that we think the world needs to see from us. So that's how we live. But we're not mm -hmm. living our lives. You know, yeah. we're living somebody else's interpretation of what it's supposed to be. So again, horses bring us right back to who we are. And that's why people are usually disappointed meeting their heroes because they don't realize there's not an off switch with the performer. Right. And the performer you're always seeing is an on switch. Mm -hmm. And that real person is an off switch. Yeah. And they might not be the most pleasant or most interesting people mm -hmm. to hang around with. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the arena. It's... it's it's not like any arena I've ever been in before because it looks like a uh, uh, kindergarten playground. It's got hay, though. It looks real. It's got the real floor. It's real, like it's an riding arena, but it looks like it's an riding arena for fun. Right. So that's pretty neat. What else do you have on the property? I understand. Well, and just one last thing about the yeah. arena is a few years back we did insulate. So even in the wintertime when it's like 30 below outside, it doesn't get colder than minus 7 in here. So oh, that kind of helps. And we don't heat it because that wouldn't be healthy for the horses. You know, right. If they're living outside in minus 30, yeah. they've got their winter coats. Mm -hmm. I'll come back to that in a moment. But, you know, so they come in here, they work. And if it was really warm, they get sweaty. Then they go outside and they can get sick. Right. So, of course, we don't want that. Mm-hmm. And, and minus seven, if you have a coat and boots and mitts, you're you're fine. If and you're walking around and you're doing stuff and you're absolutely. with a, a horse that's kicking off heat too. And, and if it's minus 30 outside, when you come into minus seven, it feels downright balmy. Yeah. It's pretty nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> And the other thing I was going to mention too is we do keep our horses really naturally. So none of them mm -hmm. are shod. You know, we don't put horseshoes on them because that does restrict the blood flow in their feet and their feet are designed to flex a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, we don't keep them in stalls in a barn because, again, that separates them. And as social herd beings, it's really important that they have access to their friends. Yeah. You know, you'll see them mutually grooming throughout the day. They'll be napping, as we said in the beginning, when they're sleeping and laying down. Mm -hmm. They feel comfortable knowing that there's a trusted herd mate standing watch. 
What's and that thing that horses, when they're kept in stalls too long, they, they start biting the wood and back and forth? What do they call that? Yeah, well, there's wind sucking, you know, so they'll start, you know, they'll sort of clamp their teeth onto the edge of their stall and then they start gulping air. Okay. Um, they'll start pacing and weaving and there's like a lot of kind of sort of neurotic behaviors that will come up. Mm -hmm. So we just keep them supernatural and then that way they can, well, not, well, yeah, they are kind of supernatural. They're supernatural, yeah. In um, all kinds of ways. Exactly. Liter literally. Yeah, and figuratively. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they've always got their um, shelters so they can get into shelter 24-7. They've got hay and water in front of them all the time. Mm -hmm. So they're kept as naturally as you can keep domestic horses. Yeah. Yeah. Neat. Very neat. So you've built something else on the property, too. You're very oh. proud of it. <laughs> You're telling me all about this Well, you know, I have always loved geodesic domes, and I'm kind of a big build-it-and-they-will-come kind of a person. <coughs> <laughs> okay. So people would be asking me, well, what are you going to be doing in the dome? And it's like, well, all I got right now is speakers, you know, so people that will come out and talk about various aspects of wellness, you know, whether it's mental health or physical, emotional health for the land, you know, so there's a lot of information coming out now about the like no-till agriculture. Mm -hmm. And so I would really like to start creating in our 10-acre walk area just a lot of very natural zones. You know, we want to create a food forest out there. In the dome yard here, we're in the process of creating a low elements obstacle course. And basically, it's a big playground for adults. You know, okay. children will be able to have fun here too, but I really want to send the message that adults can play. Yeah, they you know? should. Exactly. It's important. Yeah. It's important. It's still a part of who we are. Yeah. Get, off, go, get out from behind the computer all day working. And, and connect with people again, you know. Yeah. Listen to the birds. Breathe the air. You know, listen to the train when it goes by, mm -hmm. you know, but play. And so, yeah, in the 10-acre walk, we're going to have a lot of mindfulness opportunities, so places for people to just stop and do some little sort of meditative practices. We're going to have some surprises out there as well, so that once it's built, people will be sort of walking the path, and all of a sudden they'll come around a little corner and, oh, what's this? And I'm not going to tell you what that would be, because that'll get rid of the surprise. <laughs> exactly. <gasps> so this dome, how big is this? So it's 40 feet in diameter and then 20 feet high. Wow. So last year we did a couple of overnight weekends in it, one with a women's group and one with teens. So people brought their tents and we pitched the tents in the dome. So we didn't care what the weather did outside and we had a little fire pit in the middle. Yeah. And so we would just do our sessions in the arena, head into the dome for meals and just chill time. Um, we did some sessions in the dome as well. So it's just another really neat space to gather and share. And it sounds neat inside, right? It does, yeah. Did in you want to head in? Sure. Yeah, this is a sound program. <laughs> we'll put you right in the middle. And, it's a sound uh, program, right? <laughs> there you go. <it's> <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. It's a lot warmer in here, too. So if you stand right in the middle. Oh, it has a bird in it, too. Cool. Okay, I'm going to let that bird out. <laughs> Oh yeah, it does sound strange in different parts of here. Hey bird, go that way. No, this way. There you go. You can do it. No, you too much energy. You gotta bring your energy down. There you go. Just walk along. Just walk along. There you go. Oh, too far. Now you gotta aim. You gotta focus your energy. You gotta direct there we it. Go towards the light. There we go. There yeah, go. success. Success. Now you can go back to big energy. Do you charge that bird? <laughs> no. Because we taught him how to... We like to... 
<laughs> that was just a freebie. Because yeah, you know, now that bird will go and bring their friends. Yeah, I'll tell them all about it. I couldn't get out of the dome. And I was, I realized after that I was just putting too much energy into it. And I was directing it in the wrong in the places. Wrong and when I brought my energy down, put my feet on the ground, I could find the door. And I let another species help me find the way out. That's important. See, we're the horses. That's right. Okay. That's all you need to know, right? <laughs> there you go. Done. So how come it sounds so strange in certain parts? <clears throat> well, I think it's the... just the geometry of a dome. Yeah. So if we were like opposite each other, you could whisper and be heard. Right. But if you're right beside each other, you kind of have sometimes. to use the same, like yeah. just your regular voice. Yeah. And sometimes it just cuts down to, it takes it away. I had That's a friend neat. of mine bring her Celtic harp and she played it in here. And yeah. it was like, oh, she's actually going to be coming out for the fundraiser. And the plan is that she's going to play her harp in behind the fellow who's doing the meditation. Okay, in so here? That'll be, yeah. Oh, neat. So that'll be pretty cool. That'll be wild. And so, then, yeah, and it's quiet in here, of course. And much warmer than outside. Yeah. So I haven't ever put a thermometer in here, but I'm going to, even in the middle of winter when it's, again, 30 below out, it's not going to be... You know, above mm -hmm. zero in here, but it's probably about 10 degrees warmer, maybe 15. Well, with all the windows too, and the sun shining through, mm -hmm. yeah, heats it up. Yeah. This is neat. Yeah, I'm quite liking it. I'm excited to get it finished off and get this whole area completed. This is going to be a big summer for facility development. You know, I've got a few plans, mm -hmm. so I'm hoping to just get them all, like just really hunker down, get it all done this year so that this place is raring to go. So. And you're building cabins, I saw. Yeah, I've started one. It's a very, it's about 80 square feet. I'm having a lot of fun with that. The weather's having a lot of fun with me. <laughs> kind yeah. of, did we want to, is this echoey or do we want to go back out? Oh, I don't care. Oh, okay. We'll get feedback from the fans. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't go in geodesic domes anymore. <laughs> I try and listen on headphones and I'm confused. Oh, turn down. There you go. There we go. <clears throat> I have to find the right energy to work the doorknob. There <laughs> So these cabins, 80 square feet, it's like a, uh, it looks like a, uh, what do you call that top? Like it's, the it's, shape of it? it's kind of like a modified A-frame. Okay. Because like a full A-frame would be symmetrical. Yeah. And it's asymmetrical. Oh yeah. Asymmetry. <laughs> there you go. How, you, how can that be? Because this is symmetry farm. But, you know, I kind of like, remember that whole I like to play kind of thing? So if there's a way to make it asymmetrical, I'm going to go for it. It's got a little sort of A side on this other side. Yes, so. it does. It yes. shows, oh, I see what it is. The tall A side is the big energy, and the little A side <laughs> is a lower energy, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly why I did it that way. Okay, that makes <laughs> that sense. Was, that was my plan. I see yeah. now. So just big enough for a person to sleep in and have a little bit of space to move around. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I want to be getting them insulated and ready to roll, and they're on skids, so we'll be able to put them wherever I kind of want to. But I've got an idea. They're going to end up back in the glades, so surrounded by trees. It's going to be a really nice little area. Oh, how and big is your property here? This we are just over 77 acres. Okay. So, so the yard site is six, and then most of the rest of it is dedicated to pasture for the big horses. Mm -hmm. So through the winter, the horses are in their paddocks where we see them here in the yard. And through the summer, once the pastures are back into growing, then the bigs all go out into the pastures. Okay. And I've got uh, one, two, three, four, I think it was about four or five. And we rotate them through those four or five pastures. Oh, neat. So, so the A-frames will be out amongst the big area? 
Yeah, it'd be fun to put them right out there. But the AFAR, the cabins will actually be in the glade, which is just okay. beside the arena. Oh, okay. A yeah, glade. so it's still in the yard. Oh, okay. And, you know, being in the country, there are um, coyotes that are in the area sometimes. So we really like to keep all the small horses closer, like in the yard, because the coyotes won't come, haven't been coming into the yard site at all. So it just mm -hmm. keeps them all protected. But also the smaller horses have different needs than the big ones. The coyotes um, don't. Do they attack, they, they go for rodents and stuff, that's their meals. Do they bother small horses? They could bother, like a small horse like Finnegan, they mm. could bother him because they do hunt in packs. Okay. So if they were particularly hungry and desperate, they I wouldn't put it past them right. to you know, and, create and a little bit of trouble. Yeah. There was one year, uh, probably about maybe five or six years ago, the black horse that's over there, Tally, we see her all of a sudden just charging across the pasture and she was chasing a coyote right out. Of, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. So it was like, you go. But a little horse wouldn't have that ability. Like it might have the confidence, but it might not. Not have the, the presence, ability. maybe. Or just the kicking power. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So. <laughs> working it out. Mm-hmm. So that was Spartacus. Looked like trying to tell Hegira to, or not Hegira, Finnegan to do something and move, and Finnegan was not listening. Right. So then Spartacus made it just a little bit noisier to tell him that you know I'm serious. Right, and that's <laughs> part of the the training. And yeah, it's part of the hierarchy in the yeah. in the herd. So you know you've always got your herd boss and alpha mare kind of at the top, and an enforcer just below that, and then everybody kind of falls into place. So you'll sometimes find that if one horse moves another, the one that got moved will find the horse that's next down in the hierarchy from them and go move that horse, and then it ripples all the way through the herd. So they learn. Because they're all kind of like, well, if I got moved, that's fine, but I'm going to move somebody now too. I'm not going to just be pushed around. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes we'll get where two horses are very equal level as far as the hierarchy goes. Yeah. And they can just really, like, they'll just turn bum to each other and start kicking and just like having quite a little scuffle. Hmm. So that's why we do have all of our different herds that we've got here, our herd bosses in each herd, and we have them where they're all peaceful. Nice. Hey, what's that little building I see? Oh, the perch? Yeah. What's the perch all about? <laughs> so that is a, like, an outdoor classroom kind of a space. So we have our nature museum in there. So if we have classrooms of generally youth coming out, we won't have more than maybe eight or ten people in the arena working with the horses at a time, so we'll divide that group up. So we'll have one group doing a nature activity, one group doing an equine activity, maybe one group doing a um, movement activity. So the perches are space for that. So that just used to be an old farm shed, and so you know, found some windows off Kijiji and got some help, mm -hmm. and <laughs> reformed and, it, and yet yeah, and turned it into this Gave building. It different so. energy. Yeah, exactly, and it's just a really fun space. Neat. Mm -hmm. So, so you have you have things that go on here. People, clients, and things like that come yeah. out and, and and do courses and and work on themselves. And so, can other groups come out here and use the facility for any other reasons? So long as it is kind of on, you know, in the same area of what we're doing. So, like, I wouldn't probably have. Well, I'm probably not going to say what I wouldn't have. <laughs> you <laughs> wouldn't have a rock band come that. out with all their friends just to go into the arena and have it. <laughs> like a big biker group or something coming out. Yeah. Although there is a biker group that I would love to have pop out here, and that's the Rolling Barrage. Yeah. So they are a group of veterans that uh, motorcycle across Canada, raising funds for PTSD 
treatment. Okay. So yeah, they would be fun to have. With the motorcycles there. giving everybody else PTSD all along the way. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we are open to things like that. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, especially anything that is going to be along the lines of wellness and mental health. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So mm -hmm. people, how do you, people contact Symmetry if they want to come and take? Uh, you know, help themselves. Yeah, well, the best way is through our website. So www.symmetryfarm.com. How do you spell that? S-Y-M-A-T-R-E-E. -E. Okay. F yeah, funny thing there. So I thought, when I first thought Symmetry Farm, I thought, I don't want to spell it the usual way because nobody would be able to spell that. You know, it's a little bit of a tricky spelling. Mm -hmm. Well, nobody would ever think to spell it the way we came up with anyhow. So <laughs> we're spelling it all well, the time. They say the song gave you the idea. So probably you saw it that way. Well, no, she actually spelled it the regular way in oh, really? the song, I believe. Yeah. What's wrong with her? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. She's amazing. Not creative at all. <laughs> creative. <laughs> I was actually thinking about reaching out to her and seeing if she would do a theme song for Symmetry Farm, and I thought, mm -hmm. how fun would that be? You know, that's. I just kind of like asking. You know, I'm, I'm okay well, with those. Old rock stars, they need a couple bucks, so she'd probably even come out and do a, some kind of talk. Well, yeah, you know, and so somebody like her, it would just be fun because she does these concerts, you know, like smaller concerts and mm -hmm. things, you know, just sort of boutique kind of things. So, yeah, it would be a hoot to have her out here. And that's the thing, really, this place is designed to be a welcome, safe place for people to spend some time. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't really matter the age. We've had families come out and spend time, like multi-generations. And if people feel that they need a little bit of country space and just to get away from the sirens and the noise and the concrete of the city, this is just a really great place to to spend some time. So, so yeah, those house concerts are a big thing. Like, yeah. where's the smaller group of people? Mm -hmm. um, like Roots of Rusties up north of Inglis. I like haven't they, heard of that. Yeah, people come from the, the region. Mm -hmm. Like, and he has regulars who come and see the different, uh, and it's Roots music, so it's usually semi-acoustic or small electric or whatever. But, but yeah, it's like there's a little circuit going on where musicians, if they're traveling from you know Toronto through to Edmonton or something they can mm -hmm. s they can book in all these little shows along the way oh well that is so neat yeah so it might be something where Jane Sibri might be doing a house concert tour well and you know and that's kind of what we really like is that it's that casual friendly be yourself just come and connect and if a person isn't really interested in horses that's okay because we've got sit spots in the willows we're going to be having a variety of other things going on once the uh, once things dry up a little bit and we've got activities that don't involve the horses as well. So if a person mm -hmm. is not comfortable around them, you can watch them from outside of their paddocks if you're comfortable or when you become comfortable. We'll take you into the paddocks after a real quick little primer on how to be safe around them. Mm -hmm. And our horses are just so familiar with and used to having people around and all kinds of different people. And if the horse is uncomfortable, they will walk away, you know, and if they're comfortable, they will approach. So never need to worry about creating any angst in their lives. So what brought you to Symmetry Farm? Well, okay, when I was four, <laughs> yeah. I, I always loved horses. <laughs> and I remember being about five or six years old and it just being really important to me that the people I loved be happy and be joyful. So I would do like monkey impersonations and whatever it would take to just get people smiling and laughing. And um, so those two things, horses and happy people have always been a really important part of what I'm driven to to do and you know but as you grow and you just start seeing all of the challenges and angst and stuff in the world it's the problems are very real and it's you know f from what we do here it is actually a fairly I'm not going to say easy but it's a natural way of helping people feel better about themselves in a very short period of time 
So that just totally drives me. This is my passion work, you know, this is my heart work. And I'm really, really fortunate as well because I've got a growing team of volunteers and um, other facilitators and assistants. And we're all in the same kind of place, you know, our hearts are really in it. So we've got Betty and she is loves working with kids. So her camps, rather than being like a camp that you just like, you know, the kind of camp that all kids go to, she loves working with children that have maybe ADHD or ODD or children that maybe struggle for whatever reason to be part of a typical camp that you would see. And it isn't just about, like, we love, she <laughs> loves working with that kind of energy. Mm -hmm. And she'll see that behind the behavior is this incredible young person who is maybe misunderstood, maybe just doesn't know how to express themselves. So, you know, we create a camp experience for kids that just want a normal camp experience. And then um, we've got Connor. He is really enjoying working with teens. So he's created some really great programming for the teens that come out here, including some overnight stuff that is just a, just a hoot. And I love working with adults. And then we've got our ancillary team. So on Saturdays, we've got the Saturday squad that comes out. And so we've got our you know, various teams that will do maintenance or gardening or animal care, whatever it is. So it's just this growing group of people who all of our hearts are in the same place and we're really all very motivated to help people overcome the challenges that this time, this world is kind of putting in their way. Seems like people in the world, there's always, like if you read a lot of history and there's always these big challenges all the time and there's always these group of people who are causing it. And then there's this huge group of people who are sort of happy. And then there's this in-between group that are just being rubbed between that and, and need, you know, like mm -hmm. they're just being affected so heavily by a few people. Well, you know, I recently interviewed a number of emerging adults. So that's sort of like the 19 to 29 year old range. And it was just so eye-opening and I loved them. And some of my favorite clients are in that age group because they are open, they're seeking to see how to make things better. They're feeling really stuck. And just because of a lot of the, um, sort of the ideology that underpins what we do, like it, on the surface, it looks like we're playing with horses, but beneath that, we've got this real kaleidoscopic kind of a picture of what, you know, of how we understand and work with people. Right. So, you know, there's a bit of an understanding. I, I understand why they're feeling as um, anxious and stuck as they are. And so we work through that and we reconnect them back to, well, to their body, to the messages, their, you know, the wisdom that they've got inside of themselves too. Mm -hmm. And they're just so open to it. Is, so. is part of that, like encouraging people to shut off social media and politics and things where they're designed to rile people up because that's where the action is like they can get likes and things be and conversations happening online and a person might not even believe in what they're saying but they'll say it just because they know it's going to mm -hmm. get a rise out of people so it seems to be the politics of uh of divisiveness that drive certain aspects of our adult life that a lot of us when we grow up we're wondering like why are adults so screwed up mm -hmm. and then we get into the world of adults and we realize oh you have to if you're going to be in politics you have to be a primary color and any <laughs> other primary color you have to badmouth and say they're the worst ever and social media you go, you're supposed to go on social media and, and say the most outrageous things because that's what makes people comment and and, and click buttons and and have activity and it's all like in social media it's just to get advertisers to say look how much activity we have mm -hmm. but it's all such through nefarious means 
And yeah. so do people come here and go, oh, this is what being an adult's supposed to be like? Well, I know what, I think that they come here and for an hour, they don't even think about their screens. They don't think about their cell phones. Yeah. It doesn't even come up. So you're separating that. You're saying, here, just, just leave that there. And I don't even tell them to leave it anywhere. I mean, oh, really? they'll often leave it maybe in their car or it might be in their pocket. Um, but rarely do we see people reaching into their phones. Like if it rings or something, maybe there's an alarm that goes off, they might shut it off. Yeah. But we just don't see people going into their screens and then the time flies so quickly and that maybe that's part of it too, that they spent that entire entire hour connected to the horses, interacting with our team in nature, breathing air. They didn't even think about having to distract themselves. Being an adult with other people who are being adults. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. are just being. Just being. You yeah. know, like our Saturday group. Because you're not trying to wind them up to definitely not. You're trying to unwind them, help them. Yeah, and I'm also not telling them what they shouldn't be doing. So I'm not going to okay. say, oh, spend less time on your phones. Or I'm not going to tell them any of that because as they start to fill their life up with what feels good, they naturally, for themselves, decide what doesn't feel good and they start to eliminate that on their own. I don't know what feels mm -hmm. good and not for them. That's really for them to say. So it's really fun to just see how they just kind of like, you know what, I didn't even look at this all week or I didn't care about that or I just didn't, you know. Um, and, you know, you're talking about a lot of the social media. It's a lot of times it's also highlight reels. You know, this was, yeah. I went here with my friends and then I did this with my friends and all you see are these highlights and you start thinking, wow, everybody else's life is amazing and I don't have that on a daily basis so my yeah. life must be crap. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, so then they start feeling really even more down, which just contributes to the problem. And that thing in the States with that girl and the, her boyfriend and all that that was consuming all the media for so long, it they're highlighting how, yeah, when you're on social media and showing the best of your life, mm -hmm. nobody sees the worst of your life. There's no balance there. Exactly. And in that case, the worst was her getting killed by her boyfriend. And nobody, you know, for a long time couldn't put that together because they're like, well, there's... But Doesn't everything on there says it's great. Yeah. You know, and yep. it's it's gets unhealthy in that way too, because mm -hmm. you should know there's there's low times and there's high times and. And it's okay to have the low times. And there's a lot of average time. Yeah, you know? and it's okay to have those. You know, yeah. like we don't have to be living a life of highlight reels. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to feel scared sometimes you know um, you just it's how you react to it mm -hmm. but we're humans and we have the full range of emotions and that's where we learn from the horses again because they are ex you know they're exposed to emotions but for them it's just like an it's again it's sort of information so they will see what it is they'll respond to it in whatever way is the best way to respond and then they go back to grazing you know they don't stay hung into it you know tied into it so, so I like to say that horses with their small brains and huge hearts have a lot to teach humans with our big brains and small hearts. <laughs> okay, so there you heard it straight from the horse master, Kathy Asiero, owner of Symmetry Farm. Awesome place, uh, just outside of Hazel Ridge. I should have said that at the beginning, I guess. Um, but you've listened to the end, so congratulations. Or you read the uh, show description show notes and you know this place is just outside of hazel ridge manitoba and it's uh what did i write in the show notes Let, let's let's go back and look at that it's a short drive that'll take you a long way <laughs> oh yeah good one good tagline that's the one so go a long way take a short drive do it uh check out manitobaville for more things like this as we get to uh, talk to more people around the province about what's up in their neck of the woods uh, as it were, uh, not many necks of the woods anymore as we pave it all. 
and straighten out all those roads is terrible. There's no uh there's nowhere left here that's kind of countryish. Country roads take me home to the place where I belong. And I wonder if that has something to do with our mental health. Because everything is such a cut and dried and straight and narrow and expectations are here and they're this high and you don't fit the bill. Uh, it used to be a different way of life and people, uh, not that they didn't struggle with uh, mental health issues, as we all know, but I think a lot more people had ways of working it out, you know, just go for that walk down that road and just chill, take a, take a load off. And it's prettier. And I think that has a lot to do with it too. Uh, you know, just straightening things out and monoculture and getting rid of the trees and stuff. It's just, it's just so bleak. It's just so bleak. So Symmetry Farm is not bleak. Go out there, spend some time, do a program, take some friends, do a group program, all kinds of stuff to do. And you too can relieve yourself of what's going on in the mental health region of your brain. And you'll get back to nature a little bit and you'll start uh, maybe an interesting path down, uh, you know, getting out there, going and exploring, going farther up north or farther out into the countrysides and meeting people who are living a slower, more purposeful way of life. And that's a good thing too. Okay, I'm going to get off here and uh, got to get the next episode ready for y'all to listen to. So... It's a fun time here at Manitobaville. We're doing some exciting things in the background that should start showing up in the foreground for you pretty soon. I hope, and that'll be a great thing. Okay, so there you go. Manitobaville's the word. Look it up, spread it, tell people. Find it on, find it on podcatchers, find it on social media, find it on the web. Contact, make contact, make contact, if you like, or just tell other people about it, and we appreciate that too. Okay, so no pressure. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> okay, so we're going to sign off. I'm Angel, and this is Manitobaville. And uh, just a reminder that we are copyright 2022 by Rodeo Road Studios. Mm-hmm.